You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Jared Petty, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. What's up, everybody? We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about possibly selling back our digital games. We've got to talk a little bit more about VR, but first... Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Wii U. Yeah. We're hearing conflicting reports this week about whether or not the console's production will cease oh. this year. Uh, respected Japanese financial publication Nikkei published a report this week uh, saying that Nintendo will stop uh, producing the Wii U this year. And then today, Nintendo has denied that report. Mm. So your oh, question is, denial. which version will be the ultimate rare collectible? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be that cool Hyrule uh, edition. Remember Ooh. that one? Oh, I do remember Campbell that. Wind That's Waker right. Has a little gold. It's very, gold leaf it's very on it. sad. I like my Wii U a lot. Well, I like the Wii U too. I don't but... ever use it, but uh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, my Wii U is currently not even hooked up to my TV. I bought my Wii U refurbished. Uh, Me too. You can buy them real, real cheap from Nintendo directly. I've had a, I've had a conspiracy theory about that for a long time. Those are just new ones. Yeah. That's my conspiracy theory, because when I bought my refurbished Wii U, either they're the best refurbishers on the planet, because yeah. it was all in like new plastic and new wrap, at least replace like the case nestled thing, right? in the cardboard in a new box, yeah. and I'm like, what I think they're doing is, because I bought mine over a year ago, and mm-hmm. they didn't want to deeply discount the price of yeah, the Wii U, price mm-hmm. cut. and so... But then they just sold them for a 50 or $100 discount on their own online store. It's pretty cool when you buy those because the box, it's not just like a sticker slapped on it. They have a unique box for yeah. refurbished Wii U's with like unique print on it. It's a really cool You know, cool thing. we got one of those oh, at IGN. Here? Yeah? Yeah, it came in a giant refrigerator size box because it was a refurbished store <laughs> demo unit. Yeah. No it's kidding. Up in our, it's up in our uh, cafeteria. Yeah. I could tell that that was refurbished because there's scratches and stuff on it. Yeah. But it does have like a, well, it didn't come with a Wii U, so. I don't know if that was the first part or not. I've like never seen. But it's a really cool demo unit. I don't want to slam that demo unit. It's awesome. And if you come by the IGN offices for First Friday, you can play it. Well, I pulled some numbers on Nintendo's consoles and their production runs. And mm-hmm. if, if you listen them all up, it's, it, it kind of goes like, it goes like this. The oh, NES okay. was in production for 10 years, mm-hmm. from 85 to 90. Are you including Game Boy stuff in here? No, this is their, their home console. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, because I was going to say, it actually spiked way back up with GBA sure. yeah. and DS. SNES was in production for eight years. Game, uh, N64 for seven, GameCube for six. Now the Wii 
might still be in production today. Mm -hmm. It is a little unclear. They did announce really? they ceased uh, production in Japan and Europe. They never announced that they ceased production in North America. So it's possible there's still Wii you Mini. You can still buy a, Wii on, a new Wii on Amazon today. Do you guys remember yeah. the Mini one? Yeah, yeah it's a Wii Mini uh, uh, unit yeah. as well. I yeah. thought they ceased production. Maybe I was just reading the Japan news, but I thought it was like 2013 they ceased production. That was in Japan and okay. Europe. Yeah, they, did not, they may yeah. have stopped in North America, but they never announced that they did. So, so what's going to be the rare version of that? I think it's going to be the red version. I don't came think with the modified version of Super Mario Brothers. I don't think any that red one, that one one could be real. Also, the blue, the blue Black Friday version. Do you remember that? There was a blue non-mini. It was a standard blue yeah. Wii they did for all. I bought one for my parents. That one's going to be rare. We shouldn't um, be talking about this. We got to start collecting. Yeah, yeah. we got to get the stuff up before um, everybody else does. I, Train this for is rare maybe games. a stupid like. I guess I don't really know that much about the production process of the Wii specifically, but they might not have announced they ceased production in North America because there was no production in North America. I don't, they're not, they're saying producing it for North America. Producing Ooh. it for North America. Yeah. Because they're all manufactured in, you know, their factories. Yeah. You're talking about Wii U, not Wii? Yes. Okay. That's hard no, to believe. I'm talking about Wii. Talking about the oh, Wii. Wii. Oh, okay. The Wii so U confusing. has only been in production for, what, 2012, 13, 14, 15, mm -hmm. 16 would make it five years. Yeah. Uh, Sad. Yeah, well, there's five games. Well, so. Nintendo's very good at dropping bad ideas like a bad habit. I mean, historically, you think about the Virtual Boy, they killed that in like six months. When they realized that wasn't going to fly, they're just <laughs> yeah. like, dead, done with that. This, and is they a, this do, was a huge mistake. Yeah, and they do not stick with things that don't take off most of the time. Uh, I think uh, that, that, that it would not be at all unbelievable for them to say, well, these things are expensive to make, and nobody's going to buy any more of them than we already have, so that why should they make it? That's my thing. It actually makes sense. I think they have their new console that's either coming late this year or early next year. And production uh, on that is actually already beginning. They very would have soon. to if it's coming out this year. That would have mm -hmm. to be ramping up production. Yeah. So why would they have two consoles in production at the same time? One of them isn't really. They're probably switching over. Off. They probably are almost certainly, um, probably almost certainly. What a funny string of words. Uh, there, th we talked about this on Gamescoop previously, where uh, NX production was actually rumored to be starting sort of suspiciously early. Hmm. Like, th like relatively early this year, and then that seemed to indicate that was when we were talking about release date. Like, when is the NX going to come out? And you need to start production early enough that you can get them all shipped all around the world and all that. But it was like kind of even early for that. Yeah. So it's like they have this factory time anyway. Why spend it making a console that no one's going to buy? Yeah. You, know, you don't want to end up in a situation like Sega did when they moved from the Saturn to the Dreamcast, where you've got this long period where there were just no games and, and nothing being made for the thing at all. I think it was over a year where there was just nothing well, new that coming might be out. What we're looking forward Sounds to. Yeah, familiar. I think that's what they're worried about is, is, is that kind but of situation. That's almost every console launch. It, it is, no. but it gets worse. I, I think I that's a, that. Like PS2 to PS3 was really smooth. And you usually have third parties to fill in the gap. No, Nintendo has a bunch that problem games. with the Wii U. Well, yeah. There aren't a lot of third parties. You know, we, Nintendo typically stops making a lot of games for their own hardware late in the console cycle. You look at the Wii, you look at the GameCube, you look at the uh, N64. There are not that many first-party games that come out at the end. Yeah, they sort of let third parties pick really up the Except there are really only first-party games coming out for the Wii U. Exactly. And that's the problem. I think that's why we're noticing it more. And mm -hmm. Nintendo has a lot of internal teams. And I'd kind of want to, uh, maybe this would be a good feature, would be to sit down and track what they're all working on or what they're rumored to be working on. Like, I don't know. Like, I have, you know, over well over a dozen teams, and I don't think we know it. More than half of them, like, yep. they haven't publicly stated what they're even working on at all. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so when you look at Nintendo's home consoles, each, uh, each new console is in production for less time than the previous one. Mm -hmm. But do you think that's just because technology uh, ramps up and it becomes... Well, faster to develop new new platforms. If the Wii was in production from 2006 to 2013, that's what seven years. That's a that's a pretty right, long but that, that, that's like a, an anomaly. Yeah, it's an anomaly. But I mean, some of that's that the market got more competitive. They were the only game in town here in North that's America true. for the NES, and for that's the true. SNES, they were extremely competitive, and ultimately probably won the console war in terms of, of sales and, and profit. And then shots fired. It, it just got harder and harder and harder and harder because that marketplace got more crowded. I mean, during some of that period, there were four different groups producing major consoles. During the, the around the time of the N64 to GameCube transition, you actually had you know four players in the market with Sega moving out, Nintendo moving in, and Sony to deal with. So it was a really crowded place to try to sell a console. We, uh, I mean, everything gets faster um, as time moves on, yeah. especially in the entertainment realm. Like uh, The Force Awakens is hitting Blu-ray four months after it hit theaters. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest movies to ever be released, made a billion dollars, massive blockbuster success, but still hits Blu-ray 
immediately after you know its theater run ends. I just like, pre-ordered my copy today. Oh, exciting! So uh, I sort of see this in a, in a similar light, like the cycle for things. You know, movies uh, hit theaters, hit Blu-ray, or on HBO, or on streaming faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Games go through a similar transition. Do you remember like when we were kids? Maybe even yeah. before Justin's time, but like it took movies. Well, I'm saying like yeah. it like took movies year, forever yeah. to come to video, mm-hmm. and they were really expensive. Yeah, like it was like a new movie on VHS was like eighty dollars. Yep, <laughs> if you wanted to buy it brand new when it was only available yeah. for rental, you had to pay that rental store price. It's, it's crazy. And then later on, you could, you know, you waited another six months, and you could finally buy it for an yeah. ordinary price. We can't leave this discussion without a nod to the three pillars. Uh, promotional strategy yeah. when DS came out and yeah. uh, Nintendo was very worried they that it probably wouldn't work out. They seemed like they were going to ditch the DS. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, uh, we're going to keep the Game Boy in production and the GameCube, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just a third option for everybody. And of yeah. course, the DS replaced the GBA. I remember that E3. That was weird. They hedged so, so hard with the DS. It's not it's not the new GBA. Yeah. It's a new third pillar, guys. It's not the GBA is still here. And yeah. like, then the DS ended up becoming, you know, Nintendo's uh, at that time biggest hit today. So they'll yeah. either have to do that again, or just completely abandon the Wii U, which mm-hmm. they did for the Virtual Boy, as you said. So there's precedence for both. And it'll be easier to abandon the Wii U than it'll be for them to abandon, say, the Game Boy, which had been, you know, a bedrock of their business at that point for mm-hmm. more than a decade. The, the Wii U is gonna, one of those things that I don't think abandoning the Wii U necessarily uh, is related to NX. Um, the Xbox 360 was continued to be produced for a long time after the uh, Xbox One came yeah, out. Yeah, the rumors, the rumors it was so interesting. It's just like, okay, we released a console with a screen in it. Massive flop. Nobody liked it. Guys, you know what we should do? Let's make a console with a screen in it. Yeah. With a screen in the control. Yeah, you're talking about the images that are... Yeah. The supposed images that are leaked this well, week. Well, and the, and the patents we saw. Yeah, there are patents that. that those images yeah. are based on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the images are real. I just think that they're, I don't think they're the all images, from the, the patent. patent's real, but I don't yeah. think the I think the images are fake. Probably, yep. yeah. We'll see. Uh, always in motion, the future is uh, <laughs> as we look at you know always, always in motion. <laughs> the upcoming uh, release slate for the Wii U is very, 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 very slim. Yep. There is Star Fox, uh, which does look better. The Legend of Zelda. So that's, yeah, yeah. supposedly, but the also... The titleless Legend of Zelda Wii U? Yeah, which is, it almost, is almost assuredly at least also an NX game, if not mm-hmm. totally. Be a great launch doing, game. Doing that Twilight be a real mean launch thing. game. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to have to buy a new system Then there's it. Paper Mario Color Splash, and then there is Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympic Games. And you like, don't need to mention that one. I'm just saying, come on, come on. you realize that's it. That's pretty much it yeah. for the Wii U. Yes. So, like, and why? It's, it's a, I get a deep, profound sadness when I think about this too much. Mother it's three, there. mother three can uh, come out for it. The Wii U had a lot of potential. There, there were cool things they could have done I with agree. it. In the end, they did. I, 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 Mario Maker still one of my favorite games of the generation. Uh, but it'll be uh, sad to uh, think yeah. of the Mario Maker servers being shut down and that game being a lot less interesting. Yeah. That Mario Maker, sense. Mario Kart Eight is fantastic. That's uh, a good point. What happens to that game when the servers are off? <laughs> I don't know, man. Which one are you talking about? Mario Maker. I think we'll have to. Surely they can move that over to NX. Or 3DS. You'd think that'd be a platform they want to keep. Well, sure, but I mean, even someday, you know, let's talk multiplayer servers get shut off on every game. Wouldn't it be great if they issued a hard disc with a bunch of people's games on them? Yeah. Yeah, and they should. Greatest hits, yeah. Yeah, they should give them all like 10 cents for each copy that's sold. Like, put a thousand levels on it and everybody gets a little cut. That's a really cool idea. I mean, that's game preservation for you, though, right? We lost all the Zelda Satella View stuff. Yep. Zelda BS, uh, tons of daily quests in Zelda hosted by a person's voice where people would play along to a Super Nintendo Zelda. Those are all gone. No, we're so. never going to be able to do that. Archive.org, save us. Some are gone. That's, that's a call out to them. And you can play some of that stuff. I don't want people writing yeah. it. Good luck. Our first email this week comes from Big Tony Stuff. Big Tony Stuff. All style. right. He says, there was a recent Xbox survey that asked if gamers would like to sell back their digital titles for 10% of the purchase price. What does the Scoop Crew think about this idea? Would you guys sell back any of your digital games? I have this mental image of like Oliver Twist just being like, please, sir, may I have some more? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I bought Hot Trash, yeah, sure, I'll take my dime on the dollar. But otherwise, at that point, I just want to have my game. I, I, I don't I, get it. It's a couponing system, basically, because... Yeah, well, so like, one, one of the most common complaints about digital games is that they can't sell them back when they're done with them, right? Yeah. Uh, so this would at least provide some 
small incentive yeah, to I, buy a digital game. I totally think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I'm up to 966 yeah, I wanted Steam to, games. I wanted to bring up your, your Steam collection. 966 games in my Steam collection, and um, in my personal case, no, I'm not interested in selling any of them back, but it makes me very uncomfortable. Like, I, I increasingly am shifting to buying things digitally. Mm -hmm. Don't like clutter in my house, just don't like... Yeah, I just don't like that. But I also have real, real problems with the way that you only lease digital games. You don't actually own that You're property. Not the game. I can't loan the game to somebody in most cases. I can't sell the game if I ever, God forbid, did hit you know terrible financial times. Like I can turn my stack of Xbox One games into cash. Can't do that with the digital games. Mm. Like that's a problem. That's a real problem. It, it, it's a problem today in 2016. But in 2026, when yeah. everything's digital, then we've really created a problem for ourselves yeah. in how do you swap things with people, how do you share things, how do you sell things. You know, Sam, you were just saying you went to an estate sale and bought some cool stuff. Like, how do you, there's no sort of sifting through anyone's collection of media. Um, that, that deeply, deeply disturbs me and bothers me about the future of sort of media and entertainment. And I absolutely think people should be allowed to turn their digital goods back into cash. And I think that's a really great point. I, I love that you, that you brought up the fact that sharing games is something that could be completely lost in particular. I, I care less about selling back. They I didn't think announce fine. anything about yeah, sharing. I don't want to lose I know, it, right? But, I, I do but think it, that it opens the door point about that, to start that, that conversation. That I, yeah, what I'm saying is selling back, I don't really care. Sharing. Now I'm interested. But I do well, think that, you know, 10%, and the, the 10% is people are getting really hung up on that because that's such a low number. And yeah, I'm like, but the hypothetical like, is, like, now you have a system in place where you can take, you know, remove this game from your library and receive some Xbox Store credit. Like, mm -hmm. the amount is unimportant. Like, if it's too low an amount, don't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the market will speak for itself, you yeah. know, whether people take advantage of this or not. Plus, I think, I mean, 10% is low, but it, it kind of makes sense. There's no real inventory being moved around here, no. mm -hmm. right? It's just it's just a bunch of ones and zeros coming in It's just in mean that they take back your game. Just give give somebody the 10% back if they want it. Yeah. <laughs> but why, are they, why are they taking your game back? Well, they have no use for that. Well, they'll that's resell actually, it. They'll resell the game key to somebody. But it's like, the like I was just saying, key, there's no inventory so? being moved. It's like, yeah, but you do have a finite. There's not number. like a finite amount of game keys. No, but like, th there's not a finite number. <laughs> that's re they're not going to take the game key back. But there is they're a finite. They're just going to erase no, it from your system. No, that's and not give true. You 10 bucks. You're not understanding the nuance of like Steam doesn't own the games that they sell to people. They they have to pay. Like if they sell a hundred thousand copies of the Division on. You know, on Steam, they have to give Activision, they have to give Ubisoft the cash for that hundred thousand copies. But if they can keep the keys in their system, they can continue reselling them without giving Ubisoft that money. It's like used games. It's like buying and selling used yeah. games. Although there will probably have to be an agreement in place where they do cut in the publisher to something. You would degree. think so. But they might not get that the only same seems out. Right. Like if they have to pay Ubisoft forty dollars for each copy of the division that they sell right now, would they have to give them forty dollars if they took the key back from somebody and resold it? It's probably a, not. It's a better deal for Microsoft or or Steam because they can resell the game for full price. Yes. Right. Whereas GameStop has to sell it for a discounted price. Right. Slightly you discounted. Get a used price. game. Used digital game. It's games. a used digital game. They 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 get double the sales, triple the sales however many. One time I took a Nintendo 64 copy of Turok into GameStop <laughs> and they offered me 70 cents for it. Wow. No, I have all kinds of games. That's why I have crates and crates of old games where I'm like, I don't want any of these, but they're only worth 70 cents. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want it. But I want it more than I want seventy-five cents in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. So I end up with like I have like a whole closet full of games, like old weird PS2 and PSP games that I just don't care about. You yeah. Just give them away on GameScoop, like Damon did. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Except do it's we not have a, it's not a tiny box. Like do we have any essays that have been turned in about? Yeah, this what the hell? Who was that guy? Was it? Oh yeah, a guy who won all my games. Never right. <laughs> supposed to write many reviews for all of them. Did you did you send them out? Yeah. Right. He, he has the he so has my game. The now. burden is. But what on. does he think about Onimusha too? Yeah, <laughs> I like. How you, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up. <laughs> oh yeah, email. Find, I don't read. I don't remember his name at the moment. But I'm gonna look him up and. Uh, oh, well, we know it wasn't Big Tony style. No, it's not Big no. Tony style. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much in favor of this. Hope so, that yeah. to happen. Microsoft is uh, circulating a survey asking, you know, gauging interest in this. So maybe that would be an announcement. If they chose to do that, maybe that would be an announcement they would want to make at E3. So yeah, that'd be great. I mean, there's a million and one concerns. Just like we talked about uh, cross-platform multiplayer yesterday, it's one of those things that's It's easy on the surface and deeply complex and complicated underneath. Games get discounted steeply all the time. Mm. So it's like you could only get a percentage back of the cheapest the game's ever been sold, yeah. or Microsoft could lose money. Like, I've yeah. bought games for 75 cents on Steam before, even though full price, you know, it's five or 10 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get anything back then? Like, it, it, yeah. it's complicated. Yeah.
You gotta get my six dollars back, right? Uh, I want. I, I mean, I think like forty is better than six. You know, yeah. like that, that's that's a thing. Forty right. better than six. like you can go to GameStop and get forty dollars back. Ah, okay. So I mean, it's it's a pretty big disparity. Sure, but they, they're talking about digital games, which are still sixty dollars. Yeah. So maybe like you're you're like, what if a game that's only available digitally? Yeah. I mean, I guess you like get sixty cents back. Six dollars. <laughs> that sounds like a bad deal to me. But that's not my judgment take. If someone else thinks that that's a good deal to them, yeah, then I yeah. think they should have the option to do that. Moving on, our next email comes from Justin in Lawrence, Kansas. Nice. To me? Big fan. No. Are you in Lawrence, Kansas? No. No, they're not you. <laughs> oh. Another one. You should go to Game Nut in Lawrence. It's a really good used game store. I like it a lot. Replay Lounge. Yeah, and Replay is good pinball. Yeah. Uh, and Free State has great beer. You guys know a lot but if about Lawrence. <laughs> well, they're all the time. <laughs> well, I lived there for five years, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin says, with PlayStation VR's recent big day at GDC, Game Developers Conference, my interest in virtual reality has gone from curiosity to foregone conclusion. Whoa. Whoa. My mind especially races with the possible IPs, intellectual properties, that PlayStation <laughs> VR could revive. You guys clowned on Jumping Flash a few weeks back. I like Jumpin' Flash. But it exempts I was not here to clown on Jumpin' Flash. <laughs> I don't want to be accused of that. I also feel like that was like a year ago. <laughs> it exemplifies the kind of PlayStation property that could shine in VR. A colorful, cartoony world with multi-story jumping mechanics. I also think Intelligent Cube would be an incredible, stressful, Ooh. strange experience in virtual reality. What a deep cut. Yeah, it's fun. Other obvious possibilities include Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Armored Core and Ace Combat. Any additions to the list? So PlayStation properties we would like to see in VR. Ooh. Does it have to be PlayStation? Well, we're talking about PSVR. Oh, so. well, because I want Punch-Out. Oh, that'd be Well, fun. yeah, that's oh, not going to happen, probably. Big cartoon yeah, man. X is a big flop. Is you just it's, going back to that commercial with the power glove? You're just like, I want this to happen, finally. Yeah, yeah that's how Or the fun. beginning of Captain N. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's true, too. Punch-Out punch out would be good in VR, but let's, let's, put in sure, our, sure. let's put on our yeah. PlayStation hats. Maybe okay. some, oh, does it have to be a Sony? Well, no. Yes, yes. keep saying Well, that. no, it could be a PSVR, so it could be third party, right? Yeah. Okay. Star so Wars. Some kind of weird, uh, some kind of weird uh, take on Tetrisphere. Uh, oh, that already that exists in VR. Huh? That exists in VR. That's, uh, what's it? Crap. Uh, Super Hypercube? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't played this game. There's a game, one of the, uh, to me, it sounds so simple, uh, and it's not flashy, it's not some crazy shooting game, but the best case where I'm like, oh, VR, I get it, is uh, this game called, I think it's Super Hypercube, I hope I'm not, you All know, right. naming a different game, but it's, you're manipulating sort of vaguely Tetris-esque blocks in 3D, okay. and then a wall's coming at you, and you have to flip them and sort them so that it, the shape fits through a gap that's in the middle of oh, the wall. Oh, like horse. That sounds amazing. And so it starts out, you know, like, you know, it's just sort of a puzzle game of you manipulating the shape in 3D, but the shapes get so big and ungainly that you have to start peeking around them to see the hole in the wall. Oh. And that's the first time that, like, the perspective of, like, you wearing goggles, like, you couldn't play that game in 2D. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess maybe you could use the triggers to, like, lean, mm -hmm. but, like, that's where, that's like, that was the light bulb moment for me where I'm like, it's this simple, natural, like this thing's blocking my view. Of course, I'm going to peek around it okay. to see the wall and keep spinning and flipping this block and figuring out how to get it to fit. I'm so shape. glad this game exists. Okay, so there, there's one. Uh, another one would be a return of Bushido Blade's uh, first oh, person yeah. combat That'd mode. That'd be great. Wow, okay. Yeah, I want Bushido Blade's first person PlayStation mode, but done right. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Hmm. Ape Escape. I don't. Need, I don't even no. care about it being in VR. I just want more Ape Escape. <laughs> that's a good point. What was the What was the the PlayStation Network game that you were? So this is actually what I. This is okay. why I was bringing Pain? this up. Yeah. Anyone called? remember the game Pain? Yeah. We Pain. talked about it yesterday. It was great. I never played this. An early PlayStation Three downloadable game where it's like Angry Birds. You launch a guy from a slingshot at buildings and try to like cause as much damage as you can. Oh. But what if you could do? You could be the guy first person Ooh. launching yourself. That's a good idea. Out of the building. Like the human bullet on the tick. Yeah. Yes. That'd be amazing. I think that could be fun to play in VR. Big PlayStation property, Pain. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, PlayStation has their Warhawk series, right? So yeah, and that also, would be their. I think Flight Combat is my favorite. Well, that's why I was right going to say Colony Wars. 
Colony Wars. That Ooh, would be a great so series. So good. That's a first-person um, space combat game on yeah. a PlayStation. But as we were talking about, I mean, Battlestar and Star Wars. Like, let's let's get those done first. Well, uh, yeah. Little Big Planet would be cool in VR. The ability to really? build the worlds in VR. Oh yeah, yeah that building could be fun. It. Like building worlds in VR. That could building be a lot of fun. As a 3D platformer, like you'd build like a Banjo Kazooie-like space too, and you mm -hmm. don't have to. Keep and wander around. Exactly. Yeah, that would be it. Be a 3D, I think, definitely, mm -hmm. and uh, you'd be wandering through it. Yeah, yeah. interesting. I'd like to see Gran Turismo. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. also a no-brainer. Right? Or what yeah. about the Burnout games that actually were about crashes? Yeah. That'd be neat. Sure. Yeah, I love Burnout. It's been long, way too long since we got a proper Burnout game. Uh, I love turn-based strategy games. Uh, I think maybe my beloved Disgaea series would be a good candidate, Ooh, especially yeah. if you could just be like, you know, Overlooking the battlefield, being the lord to, of this yeah. battlefield, I'm gonna pick you up and move yeah. You I think that'd be interesting for real time, like Pikmin style. Yeah, because then you could just sweep around the stuff and just like put people where you need to. Yeah, that could be. Now we're all saying this a lot because we've been playing Vive, which mm -hmm. has like pretty detailed, in-depth like motion control stuff. Mm -hmm. That's associated yeah. with it, and Sensing the other systems don't necessarily have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we keep on making gestures and stuff, but a lot of other games are just going to be controller based. Well, the move controller would allow probably. There's move controller, and then of course Oculus has controllers too. But for now, I've only played the Vive version of that stuff. Hmm. And it works really well. Finally, last year's PlayStation exclusive Godzilla game was not good. However, what if you could be Godzilla in a VR game? Oh. First-person Godzilla. There's a game called oh, Giant yeah. Cop, which uh, yeah. I think we have a demo of. Which oh is similar my. to that. We are yeah. giant. Knocking over buildings. And now I just want Lair back. Fire. Good. Oh, well, yeah. Wow. Lair would be good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if Lair were good. Rather have yeah. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue Squadron. But yeah, I yeah. love the Godzilla idea. Like Kaiju. First person Godzilla. I like that. I like, I like that. it too. Especially with two players. Or four players. Yeah. Like Destroy All Monsters. Because he moves kind of slow. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good for VR. It's not Yeah, you should fast. check out Giant Cop. Okay. It's cool. Giant uh, I think that is that that's that's not on PSVR right now. It's on. Uh, is it only on Oculus right now? It's on Vive. I don't know. I get like, it's confusing. You have a chart of like which games are on which platforms. You know, you can go to IGN.com and look at complete lists of all the games coming to all the platforms. Yeah. But do they put them side by side? Uh, no, we only put the hardware side by side. Perhaps we let's should get put to the work. Game side let's get to work on that after. We do No, we have individual games too. lists. Yeah, we have individual games lists that link to each other. Mm, but um, yeah. Okay. yeah, we could do a thing where it puts them all side by side. Yeah. Giant Kavas. Easily misheard as something else. <laughs>
that are going to be impossible or challenging to sort of transition to this new reality. You don't have like an incorrect set of skills yet. Yeah, a lot, a lot of software engineers uh, through their careers find ways to continue to innovate. It is hard to find time. When you're in a crunch and you're just trying to do one thing, it is hard to study something else. I, yeah. I definitely understand the legitimacy, legitimacy of that concern. And I do think that all you're, you're just going to have to keep proactively studying. Some of the best engineers I know keep learning new languages so they can stay relevant. Uh, now we're talking about new platforms. When Gaming went from 2D to 3D. A lot of developers, particularly in Japan, but also here in the US, were shaken out. Frankly, a lot of them folded because their mm -hmm. engineers couldn't make the transition fast enough. So there is some legitimacy to that concern, but legitimacy to that concern. But the fact that you're already thinking that way, I think puts you ahead of the curve. And also, as Justin pointed out, these games tend to come back. Yes, VR is going to be a huge thing, but it's not going to wipe out yeah. types of gaming. There was a period of time for a while where you could barely find a 2D platformer. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, those are still fun. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's hard to find you know, a flight combat space sim, but Star Citizen is coming. And they're like, oh, yeah, those are fun. And that's going to happen again, too. But yeah, just stay up on it. That's going to be the burden's going to be on you for that. It's hard, I realize. But Keep doing it. Don't fall behind. Don't let yourself become irrelevant. If you walk into it with that attitude, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah so I mean, we can play your games. You yeah. haven't you mm -hmm. haven't learned anything yet that needs to be tossed out. Like someone in the 90s that spent a decade learning how to animate 2D sprites either had to learn to animate 3D models or, you know, was probably out of a job like cuz 2D games yeah. are big but they aren't everything like they used to be, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, I think you'll be fine. I I won't talk about this for a long time cuz we talked about it before in GameScoop, but this is part of a larger problem in gaming where uh, it's really hard to make a video game, mm -hmm. and it's too hard to make a video game, and it still is. And I can make a record, and I can write a book, and I can make a movie very easily by myself or with a small group of people. Sure. And uh, the small group of people thing is becoming more possible with games, but generally the scale of games is so hard to attain by yourself right now mm -hmm. uh, if you're an amateur. Yeah. And I'm not saying like you can go to school or be a great coder and do not make a game. You can make a game that way. But if you just want to one day do those other things I mentioned, you absolutely can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, yep. I think we're seeing tools like Unity. You know, it was several years ago. I don't know if it still is, but it was free. Like You can just download Unity, which mm -hmm. is you know, the game platform that huge AAA games are made on in many cases, and uh, you could download it and tinker around with it, and there was tutorials and stuff, but it's hugely complex and complicated. Like, anyone can make a shitty album. Like you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need any skill or talent yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. But not anyone can even make the skill. The tools are still too dense and complicated not to even, even make. Not a crappy anyone. Video. Yeah, to even make a crappy video game. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got Unity. Well, you do have things. You have you have Game Maker. You have Inform. You have um, uh, oh, Twine. You've got systems like that yeah, to create certain pretty, kinds Inform of games. Is, yeah. Yeah. Game Maker's the only one that I, I've seen used. Uh, like the Undertale was making Game Maker. Yeah, but example, even even cool. Game you know. Maker is still like I've tinkered around in that a little bit too. You know, some of that is unfortunately uh, I don't want to be too much of a pessimist, but it's an unsolvable problem because games are a multidisciplinary yeah. media. I think what will solve it will be AI. And if I can ask, if I can explain to a computer what Just I want to get. Just make level two better. Well, if I, if I can <laughs> explain the, the activities of, uh, AI yeah. will solve this problem. I agree. That's, that's, that's absolutely the answer. Yeah. Speaking of VR development, last week I hosted a few VR developers here in the studio for a little round table about VR gaming and where it's going. And one of the questions I asked them is how, how they had to approach developing a VR game differently than a traditional game. And mm -hmm. I thought one thing uh, Ted Rice from Insomniac had to say that they, they learned uh, developing a first-person VR game is that they have to be mindful that the player, since you can look around in, in 360 degrees, if, they, if you allow the player to sort of actually spin around, they're just going to get like, caught up. Like you, first of all, you're, if you're sitting in a chair, it's hard to like, turn around and look behind you. So they try to like, funnel the player in one direction with like, a wide berth but sort of prevent them from actually spinning around because it, it's just too difficult to actually spin around your chair. You're getting like twisted up in wires and stuff. And that's why I think it's so interesting uh, one of the Oculus Rift launch games, uh, Eve Valkyrie solves it for this because they just put you in a chair. And you can't, you can't spin around, right? You're just yeah. seated in the chair the whole time. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I think that's interesting too. Also what solves that is in the Vive portal demo and the Vive uh, uh, but budget cuts, you have that thing that you, you, you basically zap around using portals, mm. and so you're always resetting your, your need to spin around. Yeah, did we talk about how clever budget it's cuts so is good. on Scoop? Not yet. Because but. I don't think that game is getting enough credit for it. If you haven't watched the demo, IGN has a really good demo of it up, or you can you know watch the other outlets have done it as well. Um, that game has sort of a portal-esque system for movement where you sort of shoot a portal on a wall or floor, and then your character moves there. They zap there. You know, they can, you can zap yourself around. 
And I'm kind of, I thought it was like me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. But I didn't even realize until I thought about it more deeply that that's solving the big problem of yep. VR, of which is how do you stop from people running into walls and yeah. like, because you can't, you can't just let people move around. You have to solve the movement problem. Yeah. And that solves a movement problem in such a clever way. That's like, great. You can move around a whole office while sitting in a chair, you know, and yeah. still, but have, but it doesn't break yeah. the immersion yeah. of the VR experience. It's really um, natural. The flow so, is great. Right. So that's that's. A, I don't know if that'll become the standard in a way that like a left analog stick is. It's been funny standard, how it was in the portal game. Like I, I didn't notice it until I played budget cuts that it was in other games. And there there's so many experiments right now with mo mobility yeah. in, in those worlds, but like That's, maybe this will be a standard and maybe it'll be improved upon. Yeah. It's really funny to think yeah. of we're seeing standards being made right now for early VR. It's yeah. a it's a I mean it's a very super cool, clever game on its own, but that particular problem that it solves is pretty genius. Uh, real quick, before we get into video game 20 questions, what are we playing these days? Ooh. Uh, last night I, play, I started playing Day of the Tentacle Remastered, which is super great. Jared reviewed that? Yeah, Jared yeah. reviewed that. I know you like that one. I really liked it. How far along are you, Damon? A uh, couple hours yeah. into it, yeah. Enjoying uh, it? Oh, yeah. So I, it really took me back because I played uh, Day of the Tentacle way back in the day, uh, but I haven't played it since then, since very near to its release, which is early 90s, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but it was it was cool how how it instantly just sort of took me back to that time when I was playing that game. I didn't have a, a PC; I was a console gamer. But my next door neighbor and best friend had a they had a PC and mm. they would get computer games all the time. So I would go over to his house. We played Day of the Tentacle. It was a very so revisiting it was a very nice nostalgic experience. And it not was, only that, but like it takes you back to a more innocent yeah. time, mm -hmm. not only in my life, but for the video game industry, because the yeah. game's really funny, it's but totally it's- It's totally a cute game, but funny. Funny, but like, it's not mean-spirited at all. It's mm -hmm. like totally like, you know, for lack of a better term, family-friendly. Just group of friends. And yeah, also they handle, uh, you know, they have uh, redrawn graphics, yeah. but they handle switching back and forth between the classic I visuals and sound really fast. You just tap the, the pad on the DualShock 4 and it goes seamlessly. Yeah, so even in the middle of an animation or a line, it yeah. works. It's great. Yeah. They did a great job. And it. I guess I didn't even remember that the original game had full voice acting. Yeah, uh, I didn't remember that either. I was surprised. Yeah, it took me back. Yeah. Like as soon as I heard it, I remembered all the voices. And like the audio still sounds great. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but it's like you know, what twenty some years ago, it's like wow, what the audio still sounds great. I wonder if the talkie ninety Jared, do you have one ninety two talkie version came later? Or did it launch? Oh, uh, tentacle. I there think must have been multiple versions. Yeah, yeah I. I do not remember, okay. Justin. I'm sorry. Because um, they couldn't have put that audio on the floppy disk. No, no, not. no. It was a CD version. But well, what but I don't sometimes remember they were day and date, but sometimes you would get like a talky version like a year later yeah. or something yeah. like that. I do not remember. Anyway, Day of the Tentacle Remastered is out on PlayStation 4 and Vita right now. Uh, it's really, really good. Yep. Uh, I play. Um, I'm going back to. So okay. So here's how I play PC games: is I have a Mac that uh, you know I play Steam games on, and then if there's a whole host of hundreds of other games that are only on Windows. And then I boot into Windows, so mm -hmm. I dual boot that computer. But uh, it's sort of a pain to reboot it, so I'll boot it into Windows and go on a binge of like playing. Now I'm going to play through you know <laughs> 20 or 30 Windows games, and that's what I'm going through right now. Is uh, again, I realize I'm getting close to a thousand Steam games, and I said maybe I should play a few of these. So just weird small indie stuff. I can name drop uh, uh, Gemcraft Chapter Zero, which is probably the best tower defense game ever made. It's top tier. I mean, it's top five for sure. Is it available on mobile? Uh, no. Um, and uh, another little sort of pixel arty dungeon diving rhythm based game called Deep Dungeons of Doom. Hmm. Um, that one I've played, yeah. Yeah, that's that cool. That one's good. Uh, that one is on mobile. What else? I, I always like to name drop smaller stuff. Oh, I played a really cool, it's sort of a casual, I don't know how to describe it. It's like half RPG, half point and click adventure game called A Hero of the Kingdom. Hmm. Um, so just cool, smaller, like I'm just sort of sifting through my Steam library every night and picking out some games that I didn't play when I was booted into Mac mode. Mm -hmm. um, and I have many hundreds still yeah. to go. Jared, how about you? Uh, I'm playing Fallout 4 Automatron right mm -hmm. now. Uh, both, which is out now, right? Uh, yeah, which is out now. I'm playing it for review, for the guide, and for fun. So a little bit of everything. And uh, it's it's solid. I'm really enjoying it. It's, uh, it's short, but it lets me go and kill robots, take their body parts, and build my own robots out of them. And that's pretty much all I want in life. So not any new 
story content. No, there is. Yeah. There's new there story, story content. content. Yeah, there's there's a short new series. I think it's four main story missions. Mm -hmm. Then there's some radiance that come out of that. But the story missions are tied. It's very clever. Tied Radiance. into the robots. So the way you um, that's what they call the, the never-ending mission systems in that, in that game. Yeah, which actually They're very annoying. Prove useful. Oh, you mean like go go get this ta thing? Off Another the top settlement of the needs your help. Yeah, exactly. One of those type things. So you go and the, integrated into the missions are lots and lots of robot enemies. And since you need robot parts to build new robots, it's actually great. You go kill a bunch of enemies, and you take all their body parts, you take them back to your camp, you upgrade your robots, you build new robots, you go back out on another mission, you get more parts, and it just builds a wonderful loop. And then the Radiants are actually helpful because I'm like, oh man, I sure could use some more robot parts. Why wait? There's an evil robot out there to go kill and take all this stuff off of. And so what I like about Automatron, I'm not actually playing it yet because uh, I'll play all the DLC when it's finished, but Jared, just based on what you described, it sounds like, although there is some story content, you know, two, three, four hours worth of story content, um, it's the best kind of DLC in that it enriches the rest of the game as well. It's not like, here's the game, and now here's this little separate pocket add-on. Like, you can take your robot companion through the rest of the game. It lets you mod up Kiri and take her with you. Yeah. Like, uh, it puts robots out in the world for you to kill. Mm -hmm. So, um, even outside of the story stuff, which is supposedly pretty good, I just really, to me, that's the best kind of DLC is something that, you know, uh, you can just take with you from, you know, level one. Although it doesn't unlock to a little later. But from, you know, early on through the end of the game, you know, it sort of colors the rest of Fallout 4 as well. That's yeah. really cool. I, I think you're absolutely right, Justin. I, I'm wandering the wasteland now on non-automatron missions with my Pinkbot 10 trillion. Yeah, and automatrons, and like, improve, you know, or, you know, giving you a different experience. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. great. It's really fun. Sam, what are you playing? Well, I beat Zelda 2, which I know everybody will be very proud of me for. Woohoo! Uh, Shadow Link, it took about five minutes of uh, hitting a single button to beat him, and it had to hurt my hand. <laughs> so that wasn't fun. Uh, that game is very difficult. Uh, but I'm also playing Fire Emblem. I'm still on the first uh, Birthright uh, quest. I'm on like level 27 and making a lot of babies. Mm. Where'd you fall in Zelda 2 in the end, Sam? Did you enjoy it? I, I, enjoy, I, I think people, sh I would recommend people play it mm -hmm. with save states. Yeah, yeah, that helps. Safe states fix that game and a few. You know, they, it, it's common that other that old games are fixed with safe states. Yeah, um, and that's fine, and that's a good reason to uh, use new digital versions of them or emulation to beat them um, uh, in legal varieties. But uh, I still, I, I could. That's a weird game because I couldn't go back to my NES and really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah that's that's. I Zelda Two is more fun with safe states. I think sometimes it's a good thing because. That game has problems. It is my favorite Zelda. It has a lot wow. of problems, but I love I it. Twilight Princess. No, Twilight, Twilight Princess, Princess, I think, is the best Zelda. But not Zelda 2 is my yeah, favorite. We have to clear. Yeah, yeah, I'm also, I'm still playing Final Those Fantasy crazy Keeper and Metal Slug Attack on mobile yeah. every day. Well, I mean, I'm still playing Hearthstone, yep. but we don't need to go there every episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs>time for video game 20 questions. Ooh, our boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Our <laughs> suggestion this week comes from Matt in North Carolina. Oh, where in North Carolina? Does he say? North Carolina. Ah, <laughs> oh, too bad. I might That's know. one question burned. I might yep. know it. <laughs> uh, did this game originally release on a cartridge? Uh, no. Uh, was this game released after uh, January 1st, 2000? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. We're screwed. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't on a cartridge. Yep, so it's not so a that, that's that's it probably was on a disc <laughs> or downloadable, right? Yeah, probably so. Uh, the, yeah. Was this game originally a downloadable game? Yes. Ooh, originally downloadable. Uh, was it could still be mobile. Yeah, probably not. Maybe. Uh, okay. It was this was this game originally released on mobile? No. Okay, so downloadable could be arcade or could be. Is this uh, PC or arcade? Yeah, uh, maybe a Steam release. Maybe a. Yeah, I would ask. Yeah, is this a Steam release? No. Oh, it's five questions. Same question. Xbox Live. You're asking if it's an Xbox Live arcade game? Yeah. No. Mm. Oh. Okay. What does that leave us? Yeah, I'm sure. PlayStation, gonna... PlayStation and Wii U and Network. Wii and... Yeah, I guess. Yes. I was just... Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, uh, well, who's released more? I mean, I guess we should just narrow it down between Sony and Nintendo. Uh, yeah. Did fine. this game originally appear on a Nintendo console? No. Okay. Uh, did this game originally appear on a Sony console? Yes. Okay. Okay. So downloadable Sony game. Is it, it pain? We should probably. <laughs> I know. I know it's pain. <laughs> so <laughs> PS3 or PS4 might be the next thing to do. Yeah. Is uh. this a PS3 game? Yes. Okay. 
downloadable, downloadable PS3, PS3 game. game. We did good, guys. That's right. what happens when we stop horsing around. <laughs> All right. Um, so it could be pain. Does it have horses in it? <laughs> That's good. That's not a no, bad question. Yeah. What we're, but well, I guess what weirds me out is like I'm trying to think about what were PSN exclusives. Everyday shooter. Well, we yeah. don't know if it's an exclusive. Super Stardust. Pixel, yeah, but it didn't appear on XBLA. Pixel junk stuff. Pixel junk but stuff. But it could be on PC or mobile. Wait, he didn't say mo no mobile. It could be. Uh, we didn't clarify PC. But we did. But it's not on mobile because we asked that. So it's not. Uh, so it's not Vita or PlayStation. Yeah, Portable. Pixel Junk's a safe bet. Super Stardust is a very yeah. great bet. Yep. Uh, is yeah. this game? Does this game? Uh, does this game feature a high score? Uh, I don't know. Okay, let me. Would, would you let me rephrase the question to get at what I was really do trying to get? Do you play for at. scores? Uh, do you? Would you consider it like an arcade style experience? Arcade style game. Mm. Sounds like Journey. I consider Super Stardust. Did we already do 20 questions of Journey? And kind does that matter? Of, kind of an arcade style. Maybe I mean, Flower? Yeah, Flower Journey. It's more arcadey than Starcraft. Mm -hmm. It's more arcadey than Starcraft? Yeah. All right, let's see. Um, what is that even? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a, a, yeah. a big, intense as, as, hardcore game. As, mm -hmm. yeah. That's okay. 10 questions. I consider arcadey, you're playing for a high score, you've got a yeah. few lives, and you die, and then you repeat the same experience right. What's again. the company that made Flower and Journey and everything? Uh, that game company? They is made... it made by that game company? No. Okay. Okay, so there we go. So, that's 11 questions. You know, it's a downloadable game that appeared on uh, PlayStation first and it PS3. is I would say not try, super stardust maybe try the pixel junk stuff and see if it's one of those like is first it a party junk game? too should we ask about it yeah but first none party? of them are kind of arcadey yeah well he's he is a kind of I don't think we got well, any information out of that kind of arcadey. <laughs> yeah I guess I mean kind of. let's see what else we got here so this is PSN it's a Sony release Studio, we could try genre. Uh, did, did you ask if Sony released this game? No. Yeah, I don't think you asked that. Either. No, we didn't. Did Sony release this game? Yes. Okay. So yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, is this game 2D? Yes. Okay. 2D Sony game. Oof. <laughs> Was there a? Uh, um, did they do? Did they do the Blood Rain they did, game? They, no, they did, did they do Scott Pilgrim? Who did Scott? Uh, no, that was multi uh, platforms. Wasn't that, that was, was it multi platform? Yeah. Was it even only on it Xbox? It came on Xbox. Yeah, it came out on Xbox. Um, but could it be uh, like a brawl, like a brawler? That's could kind it? of arcadey. Could be kind of. We could ask if it's a but shooter. Did Sony or a brawler. make a lot of brawlers? Did, I was gonna try. I can't think of any. Is it a shooter? No. Okay, so it's not any of the flight. So it's not. I like, mean, yeah, not like. It's uh, not like Super Stardust. It's not a. Well, not we knew, but we knew it's two D. Well, yeah, but when I said shooter, I was talking like, like Gradius type thing, like a lot of those. Okay. Did Sony make a lot of those? Uh, they published a couple. Did, uh, is this a sci-fi game? I may have wasted it. No, it's not a sci-fi game. Ooh, it's 15 questions. Cool. And I'm, I'm realizing that something I said in the past is actually a huge hint. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Is it because he compared it to StarCraft? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, couldn't Five questions ago. Oh, it, could it be... Um, like, what was the 2D game where you sent out units and they would smash together with the two bases at each end? Was that Fat Princess? Or there's, oh, like, yeah, there's a game Prince. like that. Oh, no, but Prince. there's another one where you shoot arrows to try to destroy the troops that are coming at you. Well, um, why can't it be Fat Princess? It could be, but I'm just saying there were there were a few games in that genre. And plus, that's a strategy game, like a real-time strategy game. It's vaguely... It's Is this vaguely, an RTS? No, I think we need to... I want to figure Damon, out. Damon made a very interesting face when you asked that, though. Well, because he was thinking about it. Uh, should we ask if it's cell shaded? Um, we can just Does this game star a fat princess? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was, was your clue to StarCraft? Yeah, because I realized yeah, fat right. princess is kind of like an action that's what, RTS. That's what got me thinking about that. Uh, okay. for sure. But not uh, arcadey. Like I don't know if it's, it's like a simplified yeah. RTS. Yeah, game, I but I don't know if I would call it arcadey. Yeah, you made a good call. You made a good call. And I don't know if there's a high score. I would. I would game. probably say no, but I can see. Also, that. because you said it's more arcadey than StarCraft, I'd have been so mad at the end if we'd gotten to it was fat princess. Because I'm like, that's like StarCraft. So yeah. Thank you yeah. for the hint. Developed mm -hmm. by Titan Studios, who is no longer in business. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. They made a Fat Princess PSP. How rare is that? A fat oh, Princess wow. PSP. Never yeah. played that version. Uh, released in 2009 on PS3. Eventually came to PSP. Is that spinoff still coming out? I think it came out. Fat it, Princess Adventures. Did it and come I think out? it came out. Came and went on Vita. So. I don't. I thought it was a PS4 game. I thought it was going to be a Vita game. Fat Princess was no fun, one knows. If you were playing with vaporware at this point, yeah. If Maybe. you were playing with people who knew what they were doing, it was always like a stalemate in the middle. That was it. yeah, because uh, and the, and just went back and forth like this. Yeah, it was very very oh, hard. Oh, so to frustrating. Yeah. Uh, 
Nicely done. 16 the questions. First day was fun. Thank you for the suggestion, Matt, in North Carolina. Yeah, that's a great one. That was a hard one. You, you, got, you got there, though. You got there. It's not as hard as Dynamite Heady last week. Oh. Last week was Dynamite Heady. Oh, I wish I'd have been here. Oh, I've brutal. never even heard of that game. Dynamite Heady so is great. This game developed by Treasure. So you, when, when their heyday for Gunstar Heroes. Is it like you throw your like head at people and it explodes? It's like Decap Attack. Decap Attack. Yeah, exactly. Levi guessed Decap Attack oh. <laughs> instead of on question twenty. He guessed Decap Attack. <laughs> and it could have been either. Well, well but it was Dynamite. The questions led yeah, to he he oh. he, he did ascertain that it was one of likely one of those. And then uh, if if only it was twenty one questions, then, yeah, yeah, we would have been fine. Exactly. And That's then brutal. You you said you were thrown off about treasure. Do you guys do you guys think treasure is still in business today? Uh, treasure is still in business. Yeah, yeah. I, I found out. But they like, like actually, kind of in name only. Like. I was just gonna say I just read a report that they yeah. might be done making new games. That's exactly. Like this week. what they've been doing is licensing out their older games for yeah. release on Xbox Live Arcade. I think the the actual employees are only three or four people, and they okay. use contractors for everything. Which yeah. is a darn shame because Treasure produced yeah. the, the, they were the hardest core of hardcore. Radiant Silvergun. Yeah, Bangayo. Yeah. Gunstar Heroes, Guardian Heroes. Yeah. Did Guardian is there a port of Guardian Heroes you can play anywhere today? Uh, Guardian Heroes was ported to Xbox Live Arcade. It is available on the Xbox 360. Is it on the backwards compatible list? Yes. Uh, not yet. Hmm. What about Guardian Legends? Uh, Guardian Legend, you have to steal. We can well, play that on my NES. Yeah. I want to know. I want to do a feature. I know we got to end the show. I want to do a feature. Just Guardian Heroes made me think because I was a Saturn game for yep. years and years and years, and you know nobody ever played it. Like, what are the best games that are like, trapped on old consoles that never yeah, got? Because there was a uh, like Sega Saturn has Blazing. Oh. Uh, what's the firefighting game? Oh, oh, I don't. No, I don't know the name of the firefighting. Like Knights, or just like any about. of those Saturn games. Or 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 Princess Crown. Or yeah, so Saturn games. Radiant Silver Gun. Dragon or uh, Sergio Gurantai, and Dodon is it I don't think oh. it. Well, it's like on mobile. It's like a. a it was. But never, they're not crappy. They're really good. Yeah. Dodon Pachi well, on mobile is really good. I, I, I'm I not crazy about. It. I I, that's not how I want to play Dodon Pachi. Every Virtual totally Boy good. game. Uh, Trapped forever. Yeah. Those are like, those. Why are those not on 3DS? I don't yeah, understand. That's a really good idea. Maybe Mario. I'll get to work on that when I have a free afternoon. Wario Land is a pretty. Can good I play with that? Game. I want to. I want to come play. Nope. Oh. Yes. We can go play Guardian Legend. Yeah. Also, you can play Radiant Silvergun on Xbox 360. Um, we can go play Guardian Legend as well. Radiant Silvergun and, uh, and Ikaruga are both on. Uh, let's just yeah. guys. We're canceling our afternoon appointments. We're just playing Radiant Silvergun. That sounds like so a plan to me. Good. I'm yeah. great with that. I'm in. That is all the scoops we have for you this week. It's a long holiday weekend here in the U.S., so uh, hopefully you have some time to play some video games. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Sam. Thank My you. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I want- 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.